You are Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to the Locked On Longhorns Podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. You can follow me on Twitter at Pat Sports Guy. Follow the show, Locked On Horns, on Twitter and Locked On Longhorns on Instagram. I uh, just remind you of this episode of the Locked On Longhorns Podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's brought to you by rockauto.com. Head on over to rockauto.com for all your automotive needs. There's going to be a full show today. We're going to talk about Tom Herman, how he can quiet the rumors, save his job, because ultimately his job is on the line. We're going to talk a little bit about basketball, men's basketball, and the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Top talented team, Greg Brown returning to the court, you know, uh, and then we're going to get into some things that we are going to need to see from this offense come Saturday against Baylor because uh, even though their offense is the number one offense in the country right now at 49 and a half points per game, there are still issues with that team and some of their issues, uh, you know, looking at the defense, you know, they get a lot of the, the blame, but we're going to look at the offenses is how they can how they shoulder some of that blame as well uh but let's let's talk about the optics of tom herman and i'm referring to the the perception and really the perception isn't a good thing right now when you when you look at this football team as a whole uh when you look at tom herman uh, the perception obviously is is that this football team is not prepared and one of the things that i live by a a, a motto if you would is Perception is reality, and the reality is this football team doesn't look prepared, and the and it, that falls at the feet of the head coach. And then the head coach uh, kind of gives you this vibe that he doesn't know what he's doing. And I'm not saying that Tom Herman is an idiot. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that Tom Herman is a terrible coach. It's just some of the things that you see start to make you question some things about him. Uh, and for instance. Uh, he spoke with the media this this past week, and and he mentioned uh, having people on searching message boards trying to get information on Baylor. I mean, that's what your advanced scouting is for. So, when you hear those type of things, it gives the perception that he doesn't know what he's doing. Why are they having people do that when your advanced scouting should know, you know, likely who's going to play and who's not? And and I know in in college football is not like the NFL at all in that. They don't have to disclose injury information. Uh, Lincoln Riley is notorious at Oklahoma with not giving that information out. So, you know, those are some things that they're having to deal with. But still, at the same time, he should have some idea about this offense. Uh, the offense is going to be is run by Larry Fedora, who was an analyst at Texas last year before taking over as the offense coordinator at Baylor. Uh, when Dave Aranda took over as the head coach for Matt Rule, so he, he moves over there, and but he was the head coach at, at North Carolina, and he's run offenses in this league, so they should have some sort of idea what they like to do, what they're going to do. Their quarterback's the same. It's Charlie Brewer, uh, and so it's it's not like they don't know some of the personnel that's going to be out there, um, and, and really the the thing is that this football team and Tom Herman, they, they need to quiet the noise ultimately. And, and when I say noise, I'm talking a lot about the rumors. Now, I did write uh, on Longhorn's Wire about a possibility of a 
Urban Meyer taking over. That's that's the hot name, and it seems like uh, every media outlet you go to, they are talking about uh, they're they're talking about Urban Meyer in some sort of capacity. Uh, you know, Urban Meyer has been very open and vocal about this football team and some of the issues that he's seeing. Uh, you know, and that starts with with the um, uh, the development or the lack thereof that that you know that stems from. You know, they're bringing in top 10 recruiting classes each and every year. But when you look at this football team, uh, the development's not there. They haven't had an offensive player be drafted in the first round in 15 years. Their last player period drafted in the first round came in 2015 uh, under Charlie Strong. And so you're not getting that development. And that's one of the things that Urban Meyer looked at. I mean, he said, look, you know, they're not they're not developing. Um they're not doing, they're not producing NFL talent. And like, you know, uh, you know, Cammie had written an article about the top five most talented teams uh, according to their recruiting rankings and, and, you know, who's got that blue blood talent, you know, the blue chip ratios. And Texas is always at the top, but they're never at the top when it comes to producing NFL talent, much like an Ohio State, like a Georgia, like an LSU, like an Alabama. Uh, you know, those are the, schools that typically produce the most NFL talent. And so you, you see the progression, you see the development, but there's, there's none of that at Texas. And, and, and it's not just evident on the NFL draft, you know, it's not just evident, evident there, but you're not seeing that progression of a player. You take a Caden Stearns, he comes in uh, five-star recruit has a fantastic freshman year. Then last year is kind of a drop off. And this year, yeah, he did not play against Oklahoma, but you know, at the same time, you're not seeing that same level of play that he brought in. You know, is that because of the defensive coordinator when they had Todd Orlando and then now they're going to Chris Ash? You know, there, there was an expectation level there that, that they're not meeting. Um, so they've got to find a way to quiet the noise and, and, and really save Tom Herman's job. And I do want to reiterate that I believe Tom Herman's job is on the line. Before the season started, I, I came out and said, I, I think Tom Herman needs to win, but – next season is really when his job gets on the line. But I think the way that this season has started and the way that they're losing football games uh, has really brought the heat onto Tom Herman and he has to win and he has to compete for a big 12 championship. And I think the only way you get that done this year is you got to win the next six games. And that includes Baylor uh, on Saturday. Uh, you know, I even said that the must win started at Oklahoma, uh, last week and obviously they didn't win that football game uh they were able to force overtime and and you know win as far as the quadruple overtime but you know when you when you look at the results i mean ultimately they lost that game so uh it doesn't matter that they came back from from being down two touchdowns the last three minutes the the result was the same as the week before when they played tcu uh and lost that football game so those are some of the things that i think they're going to have to do. I mean, the, they've got to start winning some football games, uh, you know, and I know Tom Herman wants to win. I know this team wants to win, but, you know, they, they're not seeing those results right now, and, and that's where the focus needs to be, uh, and, and it starts on Saturday. Uh, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, like I said, how this season started. You win the first game. You didn't look great against Texas Tech. You didn't look good against TCU. You didn't look good against Oklahoma. 
for a lot of that football game. So I think that's that's where, or that's the reason why I'm looking at them. But uh, coming up next, let's get into some basketball talk with with the Big 12 SEC Challenge. How talented is this basketball team? And then obviously we're going to get into uh, the star players that are going to be there. But first, I want to tell you about Coors Light. So how do you like to hit that reset button uh, and get ready for what's next? you got to reach into your fridge, get that ice-cold Coors Light. Tonight when the Eagles and the Giants kick off, it may not be your game, it may not be your team, but it's, in a, it's an excuse to chill. Watching football is therapeutic, uninterrupting me time. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. The beer made to chill. Celebrate responsibly with the beer from Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado. Uh, that light taste, that light lager taste, it's fantastic. Get the beer made to chill. The great thing is you can get it shipped directly to you. Go to get.coorslight.com and find who's shipping that close to you so you can have that beer when it's time to chill and watch some football. Now I want to tell you about Rock Auto. RockAuto.com has made things so much easier for myself. When my oil pump went out of my truck, I, I was worried about trying to get into a mechanic shop or, or trying to find a ride to get to the automotive store. I didn't have to do that. I went online to RockAuto.com. I typed in my make model, and everything that popped up for my truck was right there at my fingertips. I found the oil pump I needed, had it shipped to me, and I got to put that on my truck, and now my truck is up and going. Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints had an issue where somebody stole the tailgate off his truck. So what did he do? He went to rockauto.com. He got the tailgate he needed. He got it put it back on his truck, and now he's off on the road again. So once again, rockauto.com, and make sure when you check out on a little drop-down box, tell them the Locked On Longhorns podcast sent you. All right, so let's talk a little bit about basketball. Uh, 34 days away from the basketball season kicking off. Texas is going to get their first test of the season when they take on Kentucky. John Calipari versus Shaka Smart. Uh, I think it's a great matchup. It's a great opportunity to find out if Texas is as talented, if Texas is as good as they think they are. Uh, and, you know, that that starts with this game. I mean, when you, when you look at the roster and – and you're going to have an Andrew Jones back. You've got Matt Coleman, Courtney Ramey's back, uh, Royce Hammonds, Jace Febris, he's coming back from his injury, Jericho Sims, Kai Jones, I mean, uh, Kamaka Hepa, Will Baker. I mean, they got all these talented players back. And so that gives you some room to be excited because for the most part, you have your entire core intact. Um, you add in a one of the top players in the country, and we'll get into them in a minute. So you've only enhanced your team here. And it was just interesting, John Rothstein uh, of CBS Sports, he, he, he said he spoke with coaches, and that this is one of the most talented teams uh, in the conference is how they felt. And, you know, it's interesting in a, in a conference where you have a, a Kansas and Bill Self, uh, you have uh, Baylor, who's usually up there and one of the top teams. Uh, you know, Chris Beard at Texas Tech. I mean, you got some really good teams in, in this conference. So to hear that, you know, they feel that Texas is like one of the most talented teams, I mean, that, that speaks volumes. 
you get a Jace Febbers back who you lost to injury. Uh, you get a Jericho Smith back who you lost to injury last year and in, in that late season run. And I think ultimately those guys could have really helped out this basketball team had they been able to play uh, in the Big 12 tournament and hopefully made the big dance because I, I they were on that bubble. They were a bubble team. And I think if they would have had a few more pieces, you know, maybe they, they could have got over that. And while that season was canceled and it never happened, but we're, there's still the promise there. And I think that's, that's a big thing, a big key there. Uh, Jace is one of your best outside shooters. Obviously, you have the talented court and the, the talented backcourt. And I, what I think was great is Andrew, Andrew Jones, who, you know, A1J, everybody, you know, uh, the comeback story and everything that he was able to accomplish. And it felt like down the stretch, he started to become that player that everybody thought he was when he was recruited out of Irving. Uh, you know, he became that top guard. And, and that's the one thing with, with a uh, Shaka smart system, you need, you need elite guard play. So when you have those top guards, that really helps that, that that's going to help this offense. Uh, but you know, as, as far as, you know, out of him, you got Matt Coleman, uh, who, who can make big shots for you. And now you're going to add in Greg Brown. Now, that we all know he's a one and done. And, and there were questions about him, you know, coming into the season. Was he actually going to play out the entire season? Uh, was he even going to play? Because, you know, obviously the NBA G League came calling and, and he could have easily done that. Uh, but he decided to go to Texas and play for Shaka Smart. And, and now that's just another weapon. And, and he's one of those dynamic players. Uh, a la like a, a Kevin Durant. Uh, I'm not going to say he is Kevin Durant, uh, but he's one of those guys who can be a dynamic scorer, especially inside. Uh, I, I've seen all the videos, the highlights of him. I mean, he's a fantastic dunker. So, uh, you know, he's going to bring excitement, I think, to this basketball team and to this fan base, you know, that have kind of waited for that next big-name player uh, to come in and, and play for Shocker. So, yeah, you add him to the mix. And I think that gives you that excitement and, and really going back to talking about that SEC Big 12 challenge, uh, you know, Greg Brown, Kentucky was one of those teams that was up there that, that many thought that he would go to. So now, you know, you, you're going to go up against a top team in Kentucky who recruits well each and every year. They produce a lot of NBA talent. And now you're, you're going to get to see it's, it's an opportunity to see where Texas is uh, how close they are to some of these upper echelon teams that they're going to be facing. And so there's a lot of excitement there and it's going to be interesting to see if Shaka can get the most out of these guys and really uh, push the throttle uh, when they get on the court and kind of see what the style is. Are they going to be a team that's going to push it? Are they going to be a tempo team or are they going to be more of a half court team, slow things down? Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see how that basketball team comes together. But coming up next, let's let's talk some football and, and talk about the things that this this team needs to fix on offense. Okay, on on Saturday we got Texas Baylor at Daryl K Royal Texas Memorial Stadium. Uh, this is a big game, and I don't say that lightly because when you look at what's on the table for this team. When you look at what's on the, you know, not just for Tom Herman, but for this football team. And, and obviously the goal is always going to be to compete in the Big 12, and that's where they need to start. And, and it starts 
for me with consistency on offense, and I think that's one of their their biggest issues. And, and you know, it's I know it's interesting when when you look at a team that's number one scoring in the country at 49 and a half points per game, uh, you start to wonder like, what do you mean by being consistent on offense? And, and really what it boils down to is in their last two games, specifically against TCU, against Oklahoma, there were far too many three and outs for this football team. You know, they, they did start scoring once they were able to create some turnovers from the defense and, and get the ball out of, at Spencer Rattler's hands, and, you know, that really helped jumpstart the offense. But there's no consistency with this football team, and, and drives are stalling. Uh, they had, I think it was six punts against Oklahoma. Four of them came on three and outs where they averaged three and a half yards per drive. You know, so there's no consistency. So on a three and out that goes three yards and, and then punt the ball away, you're putting the defense back on the field, you know, and that just puts them behind. And so that's a big thing for Texas. They've got to be more consistent. They got to have longer drives, more consistent drives. And and that's really going to help your defense, going to help your offense. And, and the other thing I think, they need to figure out a way to protect the quarterback. And while Sam isn't taking a lot of sacks uh, <clears throat> in in the games, it's the protection on the right side of the offensive line is, is my main concern. Denzel Okafor, Christian Jones. They have not been great this year, and, you know, the hope was that during this bye week they figured it out, even maybe toyed with playing an Isaiah Hookman at guard, moving Derek Kerstetter back out to right tackle, because I think he'd struggle at center. And you have Jake Majors, uh, a highly touted uh, recruit from this last class. You know, could he potentially get in the mix? Uh and I think that's really where they should start was is kind of shuffling the middle to that right side of the offensive line. Even if they stuck with Kerstetter at center, I think Hookman at, at, at guard might help them. Uh, maybe, you know, Junior Engelau has struggled a little bit. Maybe moving him from left guard back to right guard would be beneficial to him and sliding Hookman in on the left side. You know, I think even did the Oak would probably do better on the left side having – a preseason All-American and Samuel Cosme to his left. You know, those are the things I think will help out. But they really need to find a way to protect the quarterback. And I think improving the offensive line helps another area that they have been good at. That's running the football. If you look at this team, if you take Sam Ellinger out of it, because your quarterback, nine times out of ten, not always the case. I mean, they do design runs, but your quarterback is scrambling to get those yards. So it just proves that you're, you're, you're not running the ball consistently. And, and that's a interesting because that's kind of a staple of a Tom Herman coach team is they like to run the football. They like to be balanced and there is no balance. It, it's more of, of this team is relying on, on Sam Ellinger, uh, you know, to come in and, and save them late in football games. I mean, obviously, the, if you go back to Texas Tech, down 15 with three minutes left to go. They were down against TCU. They were down late against Oklahoma again. He had to score 14 points in the final five minutes to get that game tied up to send to overtime, the second overtime game of the year. Uh, you know, so they, they've got to be able to run the football. They've got to stop turning the ball over because, that, again, you're only putting your defense at a disadvantage 
They're constantly having to go on the field because of the three and outs, because of turning the football over. Keontae Ingram's got to do a better job of holding on to that football. Be interested to see how Roshan Johnson is. Is that shoulder going to be healed up enough to play? Because really, he's been a dynamic part of the run game. He, you know, he's the big play runner. Uh, and then you wonder what are they going to do with B. John Robinson? Because yeah, uh, Tom Herman before the season spoke about it at length and said that he wanted to get him running the football. Um, you know, he wanted to have an equal share, but really, it's it's been Keontae and it's it's been Roshan and, and you know. Bijan kind of getting what's left. Obviously, he had the injury, so he didn't really he didn't play at all against CCU, and they had to play him more against Oklahoma. Um, you know, but then when they lost Roshan, they put Keontae back in there, even though he wasn't really getting the reps because he was being set down because he fumbled on two straight carries. You know, so getting that run game is going to help, and it's only going to help your the passing game. You know, it's only going to make that offense more dynamic. And when talking about the passing game. I think they really need to figure out what they're doing at the slot quarterback, or I'm sorry, the slot wide receiver. Jake Smith was a guy that that many expected to be the next Devin Duvernay type guy. They expected him to be a guy who could help this offense out, who was going to be a big part. Uh, Obviously, he's been injured, so then it fell on Jordan Whittington. He's been out. He had the knee scope. He comes back, and now he's got a hip flexor. So now he's out once again for two to three weeks. Uh, so a slot receiver needs to step up. I mean, you have Brennan Schooler, you have Kai Money, uh, but, but they're not as dynamic as a player like Jake Smith. While, while Schooler is, you know, fast, but I think you got that quickness uh, with, with, a, uh, with a Jake Smith uh, that can really help out this offense. And they've got to find a way to get them involved. Uh, they got to find a way to get him the ball and, and hopefully keep him healthy because obviously he's got that lingering hamstring issue. Can he play on Saturday? That's going to be an interesting thing that we're going to have to monitor and kind of see where they're at. But as this game gets closer, uh, that's one of the questions that we have is, is Jake Smith good? Is he going to be able to play? Uh, and, and there's other issues, and, and this is not offensive-related, but they've got to find a way to get a consistent pass rush. Uh, especially against Charlie Brewer. Uh, they've they've got to find a way to limit that offense. And, and the pass rush was something that we expected to be a lot better this year, but but we're not seeing it. Uh, Joseph Asai was a guy that we saw in the bowl game last year. He had three sacks in that game. Um, you know, that brought his season total to five. He had, you know, three and a half tackles were lost, was the MVP of that game. Uh, defensively, and and so when you look at him and what he's able to do, he's only got one sack on the season. We're not seeing the consistent pressure. They've got to find a way to generate pressure. they got to find a way to win their battles up front, um, which, again, is going to help limit uh, some of that exposure to that injured secondary as they're dealing with right now. And so getting to the quarterback is, is the way to do it. That's the path to success, and that's the thing that they need to do. Uh, but we'll see on Saturday how that all works out as the team gets ready to take on Baylor and try to get their third win of the season and, and hopefully start to get on a roll uh, because right now that seat is getting awfully hot for Tom Herman. That's going to do it for this edition of the Lockdown Longhorns Podcast. Make sure you're checking out the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.